child Think your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes And tell me if you take my place Under the cover of my skin Welcome to episode number 206 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Got some running news to go through this week. Chicago Marathon happened. Uh, we'll go through our weeks, moose on the loose, listen to question, all the usual things we do on this podcast. So thank you for tuning in. A big thank you to St. Ali for uh, supplying us with our coffee over a long period of time now, keeping us caffeinated. So a big shout out to those guys down in Port Melbourne as well. Welcome to my co-host, Bradley Croker, up in Canberra. Welcome to this week's episode, Brad. Thanks, Brady. Yeah, big shout out to Sonali. They um, fuel me every single morning. That's how I, I can't start my day without a coffee. So, uh, And then I have another one in the afternoon about 3.30 before I go go running. So oh, thanks for, I do. I double up. Two a day. Thanks. So, yeah, thanks for your support. Single shot, double shot? Double shot. Double, double? Yeah, double shot. Double shot for both, but I don't press the double shot button twice. Mm, <laughs> I just okay. press yeah, it once, good. Brady. Good. <laughs> still don't think they're strong enough going that way, Croaks. Just push it twice and you won't be having one at 3pm. You'll be still wide awake. They're plenty strong enough. My other co-host <laughs> in Anglesey, Julian Spence, welcome to this week's episode. Thanks, Brady. How you going, Moose? Getting some sleep? How's parenthood? What's been happening? How's the snoo? Yes. The snoo is a lifesaver, just straight up. Love the snoo so far. It's been um, providing good data on on Pia's sleeping habits. And uh, we can wake up in the morning, we check check sort of what's happened during the night. Whether so, so does it sync to like an app and stuff, like on your final surge or your Garmin Connect or Coros yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah you see all like, the data. There's like a, a report that it pumps out because – if she's unsettled, then it goes up a level and, and the movement becomes a little bit more uh, violent, I guess, <laughs> and the aggressive. noise is a bit louder. Yeah, aggressive. And so in the morning, you can sort of look and see if she's sort of been restless during the night. And then if she has been, um, it, it, it you can see if it's worked or if that restlessness led to her waking and that's when... Um, like that's when there's a, it shows that it, she's been picked up or um, woken up. So it's it's pretty interesting stuff, but it's definitely helping. Like it did, when you put her down, we like if we put her down in the arvo. This again, this is not what people, listeners want. <laughs> Let's have this conversation off air. Um, but yeah, it's been good. I'm tired, but I can't really complain because Bree's more tired than I am. Yeah, you just get through though. You just survive. Um, yep, you're running. How's your running been going? I see yeah, a few so continu- I, continuous runs on your Strava lately. I've been. Um, Ali's been writing my return to run program, so that's now at the end of two weeks. So two weeks from no running to thirty minutes continuous, 
So it's quicker than um, some programs would have you come back, but it's all been very flexible in terms of how I've been responding to each run. So that's quite good. Uh, and, and if it's been okay, then we up it. And if it's like, if I feel like, oh, it might be a little bit, a little bit to the, the run, we'll, we'll back it off or we'll have a rest day. So yeah, I'm back up to 35 minutes continuous today and this next coming weeks, like 45K of all continuous runs. 12K will be the longest this week. And yeah, it's it's been good like having having a physio who runs and who deals with a lot of runners, really important, um, I think, rather than 100%. just a generic one. Yeah. yeah. So how much would hers differ from a um, like a generic program return to run post-surgery? Uh, I'm not sure exactly because I've never had one that that's not that. Um, mm. But I've seen some pretty, I've, pre- I've seen some pretty bad ones, like from customers who have come through the store who have sort of given me a rundown on what they're doing, and like they literally straight back into a 30-minute run because that's what they used to do, and there's no sort of rebuild program. And then others are run walking for months, even though they can like feeling great, and there's not much progress. So. She's sort of somewhere in the middle, I guess, but knows, um, I guess, knows the cues and signs. Your motivation be pretty high as well, wouldn't it? Like it just everything would feel better every time you go out. And now there's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's getting good smoother. weather. The babies arrived, races are coming back. There, there is that. I, I've been watching a lot of running for the last six weeks, and and I'm finding that I'm starting to try to copy almost the runners that i like to watch it, i was thinking about on my run you know if you used to go, like, watch a game of footy as a kid and then you'd go out and you'd you'd try and kick the same way as like the guy on like the afl player did that you were watching or if you play basketball like you try to um replicate the jump shot of your favorite player ball like, that, Mur- ball like murph hughes yeah yeah exactly um cover drive like whoever steve war but and I was out there today. I'm like, gee, I'm, I feel like I'm running really different, but I've, I'm trying to like in my head, all I can see is Bikili right now, and I'm trying to like practice or copy it because there's no muscle, like the muscle memory stuff has kind of disappeared a little bit, and so I'm searching for how I should run, and that's the first thing that's coming to me. So it feels a little fake for me. You can start but... fresh though. You got like a blank canvas. Yeah, I think as I run more, I'll I'll fold back into my natural gait pattern. But Why? it's fun. It's fun while it lasts. Why did you go Bikili and not Kipchoge? Because Bikili does have that dodgy arm. Yeah, this is that the thing. Comes across his body a bit. We were talking about it when we were watching Berlin a few weeks ago. The it's a good question because I I said this to I sold my theory about what was happening to Ali, and she said, "Oh, you should run like Kipchoge." I'm like, "No, Bikili. I like Bikili. I like that." really high back lift and that forward lean where he's really up on his forefoot you know mm. um to me i just love watching bikili run and he looks more human almost whereas kipchoge is like a robot it's very it's elegant human. and like too, yeah yeah but yeah bikili looks it's, a bit more aggressive and like trying to like yeah. go harder whereas kipchoge just looked at as you said a robot the first k looks like the last k yeah, that's probably why he's not like my favorite runner because there's no real human element mm. to it. Yeah. 
but that's that's what's happening and um yeah i'm yeah. i'm good so 33 and a 33.44 kilometers last week i went to the gym a bunch and and that's working too had to buy a pair of pants a bigger size up because i'm just doing glute stuff and all the glutes the buns are getting bigger glute max is starting to pop quads are getting bigger going from a 30 to maybe back to a 32. very good this is good on the mm. up croaks tell us about your week croaks Hello, mate. He really pays attention to you, Moose. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about your week, Brady? I'll tell you about mine. Mine was a pretty big one. I hit like 165k for the week. So, um, and hopefully some like positive news coming out of Victoria. But I'll just open it up because I wasn't expecting to go next. But here we are. Um, Monday, got 30 minutes, 4.38 in the morning. 9k in the afternoon at 4.25s. Tuesday... I um oh this is the day you guys will give me shit about my heart rate. Got out for fourteen k at four forty three pace in the morning, at one hundred and twenty one beats per average, which is nice. But it'd be good if you could run like four twenty pace for that kind of heart rate. That'd be a real good flex, I reckon. Um, eight and a half k after work in the afternoon at four thirty twos, and then I did this workout. It was a longer fartlet, so it was ten by two minutes at three oh five pace with one minute float between. And then 10 by one minute at three minute K pace with one minute float between. So uh, 50 minutes all up in total. I ended up doing 15.5K, like averaging 3.13 for the 15.5K. Uh, it's a pretty big workout, kind of two, two sessions put together. And I adapted this one. Um, it's one that John Beatty uses, one of the UK marathon coaches over there. But he has 10 by 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off at the very end. But I'm going to put that in my program later on, probably about three or four weeks before Melbourne, to get it to 60 minutes. But um, yeah, I quite enjoyed this one. The two minutes are, are good because they're over pretty quick, and I wasn't hitting them too hard. And a lot of the, a lot of the good data I find for this workout is how you handle the floats. And um, we had like 3:30 pace set, and there was a lot in there that like 3:25, 3:27s. Um, I don't think there were many over 3:30 at all. So it's just a good sign to see that you're recovering in between. Archie did the first seven by two minutes with me at that kind of 305 pace and then kind of worked the last three home a bit quicker. So it was good to have company for the first kind of 24 minutes. And then, yeah, did kind of the last bit by myself. So that was good knocking that over. Uh, heart rate average was like 168, which was nice. And then Wednesday, Arvo got out for 7K, 443s. Thursday was easy jogging again. Because that was a pretty big day. Like that was nearly a 30k day for a Wednesday. So 11k in the morning, 4.49s, and 12k in the afternoon at 4.40s. Uh, Friday, another easy day. Oh, this is when we got some really good news up here. So um, they included, well, they, they stopped manning the border. So Victorian police, we can kind of tell. Like it's always about 24 hours before it gets announced. They just start packing up, which is always a good sign. And it's the same when they set up about 24 hours before they announce it. You just start seeing them putting up tents and stuff. So that's not a good sign. But Victoria Police pulled their uh, Border Patrol down. And then they announced that they were including Bendigo in the border bubble. Um, so that means we could travel there without having to get like a COVID test or anything like that. So Friday was a super easy day. Just a 9k jog in the morning and some strides and 7k in the afternoon. And then the Bendigo Bat Boys had organised, and girls, pretty big group down there, had organised a 10k time trial 
which originally we weren't going to go to. Well, Archie and I weren't because we were on this side of the border. But I had um, Nathan, who we sometimes train with, his Victorian side, so he was going to go. And Glenn from up here as well were going to go. And then we got some good news that we could go. So we, they, they start at 6.45, fellas. 6.45 in the morning. Very early. Yeah, why? Why? So, oh, I said that to Andy. Like, you reckon you can maybe bump this out an hour, half an hour or so, just for us us to get there, bit a bit of sleep in? But no, nah, they weren't budging. This was a weekend, right? Saturday morning. Met out at Huntley. People um, not familiar with Bendigo, that's the north side. So, like, good for us coming from Echuca. But still, we're up at 4.30, in the car at 5.30 to get down there at 6.45. Gee, you don't have much pull in that group, do you? No, not anymore, especially when, um, yeah, like Andy's the big, big dog down there, and especially when you're, you're jumping in on their race like 48 hours before it's actually meant to happen, and they've been organising it for like three weeks. So uh, met out there, they were, everyone was pretty much doing 10K. I wasn't keen to do 10K because I wanted to have a good training week. I'd get my mileage up pretty high. And mentally, I was like, nah, I can't get up for another time trial. So I offered to pace it. Originally, we were thinking 14.40 through 5K. And then um, we re- we added like five seconds to that to think it was going to be 14.45 would be a bit better. And then got down there. I only lasted 3K pace. And I went 2.56, 2.59, 2.58. And just felt like I was sprinting. Just couldn't get any rhythm. Just felt tired. Um, it was cold as well. I just felt like super cold, like I couldn't get warmed up and stuff. So I kind of peeled off at 3K, said the boys I'm done. And then um, I could cut through the loop and then meet them again at about 4.5K. So I cut through the loop, met them again at 4.5K and then jumped back in for a K and took them through in like a 255K. And then I could then double back, cut through the loop again and then do the last 2.5K with them and at that stage, Andy was about 10, 15 seconds ahead of Nathan. And then Archie was probably another 10 seconds behind Nathan. So I, um, and they both looked strong. So I just jumped in with Archie, tried to pull him up to Nathan. But um, Nathan finished pretty strong. So I didn't quite get into there, but kind of kept Archie company for the last two and a half K, which I think we ran like 2.59 kind of pace. So all up, I kind of got, I don't know, what was that? Six and a half, seven K out of uh, the morning. Maybe, is that that much? Maybe 6K. Um, so that was okay. Good to be involved. And then, yeah, Andy ran 29.28. Nathan was 29.38. And then Archie was 30.00. And then just like, they had pretty much groups of 10s going off because there was about 40, I think 45 people down there in total. So good turnout. Um, but terrible course. You should see how much they talk this course up down there. And then, yeah like dirt roads i couldn't believe it when the beast was telling me on the warm-up that like a bit of the loops of dirt road like just yeah rocks on the corners just skinny roads cars and stuff going through not good at all that kind of stuff wouldn't pass up here in a chukamoama we like it perfect up here for time trials but um yeah it was good morning good to be back amongst all the bendigo bats and yeah, just to see people we haven't seen for ages because they're like our local club but with this lockdown we haven't been able to get there so yeah, it's good seeing these groups get back together, which is going to happen more and more as we go forward. And I don't know about you guys, but like, there's just a bit of a, a good culture brewing in a lot of the small towns, I feel, at the moment. You've probably got similar vibes in your area, Moose, with the Surf Coast Track Club. And yeah, it seems like when all the big stuff gets cancelled, the smaller groups kind of, I don't know, bond more together. Does that sound corny or you agree with me? Um, no, that's about right. I think people, like groups are so important and as soon as you're part of one, you realise how 
strong they are or mm. well strong some of them are there are some terrible groups out there but those with good culture obviously like bendigo and surf coast they they sort of help everyone helps and some days the group will help you out and some days you help the group out and that's sort of what what's great about it is is there's always someone there that needs a help a hand from the group um, and the only way that you can contribute is by being there consistently and often and that's what makes a good group i think is just consistent attendance and yeah that yeah, like obviously there are some good ones yeah it, yeah, yeah. So good. And when you win a Divi 2 Premiership together, I think it just like bonds you together in ways that's kind of like hard to explain in words and stuff. So we've kind of got that yeah, brotherhood and stuff down there in Bendigo. So that was good to get that all back together. Uh, Sunday, got out for a long run. Um, met up with Paddy Stowe and Glenn. And Paddy, I think like he's doing physio rounds up here in Echuca. And I think his boss from the hospital um, is a guy called Kevin. And Paddy was uh, organised to pace him for a half marathon time trial at 4.25k pace. So I was like, perfect, that's good for me. I just want to be jogging along on my Sunday. Same with Glenn, because he did the 10k the day before. So we met up with Paddy and Kevin, met him for the first time. And then Paddy kind of stitched up Kev a bit because he organised like this real dodgy course. Like, I'm not sure if you guys have got him in um, bigger towns, but like, sides of the road that don't have footpaths and there's just like little goat tracks that like people just walk on all the time to kind of make them make their own footpaths you guys got those you got footpaths yeah, both yeah. sides <laughs> i've seen no, that i know i know what you mean you know what i mean yeah. so he's he's mapped out this 21k loop like point one for this guy he's got him running along this kind of rubbish stuff i'm like patty you're stitching stitching kev up here and then with a k to go he had us mapped out to run over a swing bridge so it's like, you know when you get double bounce on trampoline? There's four of us running over this swing bridge, people are bouncing everywhere, it's just absolutely wrecking your rhythm. Anyway, Kev had a good run, he ran like a seven minute PB. He ran a 4.21 average, I think, for the whole way. And then, yeah, we did a few K afterwards, and then the boys did 30K, and then I just kept going for two hours 40, which um, got me 37.7K, and just loved it. Just love those time on the feet long runs, just get lost in your own thoughts. It makes it super easy when you've got people there for the first half an hour because then I pretty much just went, oh, sorry, first first <laughs> like, two hours. Uh, lost your own thoughts when you're in a group. For the last 40 minutes, I was about to say, because <laughs> you just get that first two hours for free, talking rubbish and pacing this this physio guy, and then you just go 20 minutes out, put some headphones in, 20 minutes back. It was just great. So that was my week, 165K. Melbourne Marathon's pretty much happening, I reckon, fellas. Nine weeks' time, I'm feeling good, feeling fit. Feeling a bit more optimistic than you were last week, Croaks, about Melbourne Marathon? Uh, well, yeah, based on the fact they're planning on having like 10,000 at Melbourne Cup, yeah. then, uh, yeah. And that's like six um, weeks before. Yeah, so you'd think if they can do that, they can put on a, a fun run that probably wouldn't get 10,000, so, yeah. Well, you think, right, because City to Bay did not get the go-ahead in South Australia when they had a football grand final with like 25,000 people mm. yeah so do you know any more about that though like why did they get knocked back city to bay no oh, i don't know well i don't know anything except uh what we've seen on social media that's all that i know but because the comparison yeah. to football happens all the time but you gotta like the money that football would be putting into getting all their COVID stuff ticked off and obviously they got the TV rights and stuff and the final series and, like, it's much more money sport than City to Bay is. 
and if yeah. they've got really high, I, I don't don't get me wrong, I think city debate should go ahead. But if the state government's got all these strict rules and all these hoops you need to jump through, and you've got a local fun run community trying to jump through them compared to the AFL, who's got buckets of money and and wants it to happen. Yeah, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a decision based on money. It's about people's health. Mate, so, look at, look at the that, races think, this week in Sydney. They're having 10,000 people at a horse race this week. Yeah. That's totally money. I think, that, I think that's one of the things that's pissed a lot of people yeah. off throughout this whole COVID thing is just the inconsistencies. Yeah, I agree. You know, that, yeah. you know that at one point you could have, what, 10 people at a funeral, but you could have however many, at, you know, go to Bunnings. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah, like it's just... The, the inconsistencies is what pissed a lot of people off, I reckon. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And that's so, why I think this example is going to be where it's like, where does the money come from? Like, you can't compare probably, even though I want to really, you can't compare Melbourne Cup races to Melbourne Marathon because they're two different um, organisations and stuff like that. So where do you, how confident are you that it will go ahead percentage-wise out of 100? 80. Prokes? Uh, probably more like 60 now. That's, yeah. a, that's an increase. What do you move? I've been asking I'm, you this like I'm, every three days, this question. I reckon I started at 5% and and then it maybe dropped lower and now I'm at 50. Okay. Still, Brady's, I, still, the, Brady's yes. still a real confident one. <laughs> but this time last week doing. I was 50. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was less than thirty last week because I think Moose was thirty last week and I went down less it. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll wait, based wait on see. the announcement of a different event, yeah. no news on the actual event we're talking about. Mm, it's going to be interesting. Anyway, um, I, I I do think if it goes ahead, there won't be a inside the G finish. I think that'll just be too. Um, there'll, there'll be too much cluster and congregation there. So it might be that we finish somewhere else. Could be inside the G, but you're, you're getting spat, spat straight back out. No crowds in there. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but you know, it's difficult still. End, because yeah. It's difficult to, to, to do that. Every time I've done it, it's just so so congested underneath. It's like carnage. It's a bit gross. Anyway, Croach, you're back with us. How's your I'm training back. going towards Melbourne Marathon? <laughs> I will, will not be in Melbourne. What about but, half uh, marathon? No. Nah, 10K? I won't be in Melbourne. <laughs> come down but, do um, There's been no races for two years. Finally one pops up and you're not right. going to come do it. There'll be there'll be races up this way, I'm sure. Actually, um, isn't the well, Sydney, hasn't um, Sydney Harbour 10K announced for the weekend before? I think so, yeah, early December. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I had a decent week of training. Um, Volume-wise, I think it was actually my biggest week for the year. Uh, just hit one th- 40. Um, so I did an hour on Monday, 4.23s. And then Tuesday afternoon, I went out and met Rob uh, and another guy that he's been doing some sessions with. Um, so the session was 10 by two minutes off a minute jog. And um, I sort of, for the first half of the session, was like, I didn't want to sort of influence their session too much. So I'm like, look, I've only done one session. I'm happy just to roll with whatever you guys are doing for the first half. And then I might pick it up the second half. So um, first half, pretty much. 330s to 325s for the two-minute reps and the jogs were about sort of 420s, 430s. Um, and then I sort of progressed the last uh, three reps. So I went like 316, 312, 304. So um wasn't a super hard session, but it was, it was hard enough. I averaged 330, 
338 for 8K. This would have been easy for you, this workout. No, like it actually wasn't like perceived effort early on. Like it got, the session got easier the longer it went because I just felt like even after warming up, I just didn't feel real loose and smooth doing strides or anything like that. So it, yeah, look, it was in terms of heart rate, like I averaged 153 for the whole session. So like heart rate, yeah, it was pretty good. But in terms of how it felt, it wasn't, it didn't feel that easy, um, which is to be expected. It was my second session in two months. Um, but it was, you know, it ticked the box. I didn't, you know, I'll, st- I'll, get, I'll still get fit doing, all, doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was um, impressed you jogged the recoveries, the one minute. What do you mean? Like you usually like to keep the foot down a bit on the on Oh, the yeah, but I was, I was training with the other guys. Oh, okay. So it was sort of like yeah. keeping, it, keeping it together. Not um, people. Yeah, so that was Tuesday. Wednesday, um, yeah, I put, it off, put my run off to the afternoon and I was like, oh, I've got 90 minutes. And, um, yeah, actually Jai Edwards messaged me at like sort of 2.30 and said, oh, I'm running out at Mulligans at 3.30 if you're keen so um i met him and rory hunter um rory only did 20 minutes because he just had an injection around sort of his uh, ankle um so yeah i did an hour with jai and then um did an extra 30 minutes uh after that so it was 409s for 21.6k um so that was good uh and then thursday um thursday went around lunch time didn't feel great this run, 420s for 46 minutes. Um, and then Friday was my second, well, in the morning I went out down to the synthetic oval and um, did uh, like 7.5K, 416s. And then uh, that afternoon I went and met Rob at the um, the horse track and we did a session of a four-lap tempo and then five 30-second reps. So originally I was going to do a 25-minute tempo and I worked out that four laps would be somewhere around that um and so i took my heart rate so where we park it's probably like i don't know maybe 500 meters from where we park to the actual where we like where we do the session and you got to climb through some fences and under some barriers and i got the strap out of my bag and i'm like oh shit like the battery part was in the car i'm just like oh stuff it i'm not i'm not going to go back now and get it so just ran to feel, um, but it was a good improvement from the week before. So the week before I did 15-minute tempo at like 3.24s, I think, um, whereas this time I did 24 minutes at 3.22s. Uh, and then I had about five minutes recovery between that and the 30-second reps, um, just so uh, waiting for Rob to finish and then giving him his recovery. Um, so yeah, five 30-second reps. So um, yeah, that felt really good, actually. Like the last lap was... Like I picked up the last lap a little bit, um, and that was probably, you know, starting a little bit tough. But um, up until that point, felt really good. Um, more than next percent for that session, which uh, yeah, I wasn't sure how it would go on the sort of crushed gravel, but it was was really good. It wasn't didn't slip at all. Go, so that goes was well um, everything that shoe, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I'm starting to realise it's like there's some shoes that I just get so much more benefit from than others. I don't know what it is because I didn't wear the next percent on the Tuesday session and I felt completely different. I I think for me, like I do really well in a, in a shoe that has a really good rocker rocker to it and I feel like I get a good rock in the next percent compared to some of the other super shoes. Um, but anyway, I guess that's just, just personal preference and the way that I run. I just seem to get more benefit from one shoe than, than another. Um, well, that, that's the same with everybody. 
yeah every, everybody responds differently to different shoes and it is dependent on the plates and the foams and the heel to toe offsets um, where they land heel strike four foot strike and weight of the person as well is a big one um, so you'll see like that's why galen rupp wears the alpha fly in races because he's had the testing done and it, that is the shoe that he gets the best improvement or benefit from over yeah. the the vaporfly like and then you'll find some of the other guys prefer the lower the lower to the ground flats or the firmer stuff so i wore the endorphin pros the week before at the at the horse track and, and i like that shoe for like i still feel like i get a pretty good rocker out of that and, and a fair bit of pop but i find that i do end up a little bit more banged up than i do in the the next percent um just because of you know it's, it's a little bit lower profile and probably not quite as cushioned as what the next percent is but um yeah it was, it was just it was really enjoyable running in that shoe because i haven't worn it since well haven't worn it since i started back session so which one the next percent just the first version first version yeah yeah do you have a second version no i've got second version um and i've so i've only done one session in the alpha flies and i i did really enjoy that but also it was um down the coast on a really flat straight road I mean, I think it's sort of, you know, there weren't a lot of corners, which helped. So what I'll... What about this... Sorry, Crooks. What about this conspiracy, Moose, about the um, the foam that comes out of China is different than the foam that comes out of Vietnam? <laughs> Tom Picano's well, theory. Conspiracy theory. Well, I agree foam... with him. I always thought the first next percents were better. They're still the best ones, the slime green colour. Most people have said that they feel firmer. The Most first people the second have said ones. that. The, the first version has felt softer than the second version. And I would agree with that. I've felt the same thing too. Yeah. Like, you know, the green, pink, the black, yeah. green, the um, white with blue. Um, what other colors were there? But, yeah, those ones felt softer than the, the new ones, which were like white, blue, uh, white and pink. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Like, that, it's still the same foam, but things can affect how foam comes out for sure. It can be like temperature and stuff like that. And then it, like all these factories are different. You can get foams, like you can get di- between different colors with shoes if they're coming out of different factories. Same model, different color. You can get a different variation in how the shoe feels and fits. Here's a, here's a shoe-related question for you. So I've got a brand-new pair of 4% fly knit that I've ne- never worn. Would you now training those or would you actually keep them because they're probably quite rare what's a sign uh, wait yeah. the very first pair uh so the red the crimson four percent fly knit oh so they were the second version they won't be the they won't moose. yeah the, yeah that's right with the white tick yeah um yeah so they're not going to be as valuable as the og ones um I'd, I'd, I don't see them being that valuable in the future unless we're talking like 20 years. Mm. Okay. How, much, not... how much do the OG ones go for? The OG colorway as well, um, so that light blue, they were the, they were the first retail drop. That, or, and or the, the anth- black one, dark, though, wasn't it? The dark anthracite, yeah. So those ones, I'm not sure how much they'd go for brand new. I'd say like, I don't know, 800 bucks or oh, so. 800 bucks. What Pretty about like 800 Ks in them? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> and a few laps around the industrial estate. <laughs> With Brady's signature, extra extra 50 cents. I've still got mine. I've still got mine in. I wore them to school yeah, one yeah. day for PE. I was like, yeah, these aren't good for walking around in. 
I've kept all mine except for a pair that I was that Ian Fisher bought off me a second hand. <laughs> um, but I've kept all the rest of them as well because I thought, oh, it'd be really cool to put these together one day, like a track of the yeah. super shoes from the very beginning to like where they were currently at. I was thinking in. about filling in, you know, where you can fill in your PB on the, like, the back of it as well. I was thinking about writing in me what time I ran the fastest oh, marathon yeah. in those shoes. I'm like, that could be cool. But I've hidden yep. mine now because Carly like throws my shoes out if I leave them laying around and stuff. So I've, <laughs> I've, I've hidden the next old next percent and four percent is in the in the shed somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> keep them on the wall. Um, but yeah, Brad, I wouldn't wear them. What you're yeah. going? You got other shoes to wear. Yeah, cool. So, All right. Um, um, so what's he doing with them? He's wear. He's going to hold on to them for twenty he's years. Going to hold on to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were. I like the color of those ones too. Uh, yeah, so that was Friday. Saturday, got out in the morning for an hour, 4.16s out at Mulligan's, and then I went out again in the afternoon for another lap, uh, 4.22s, and then Sunday I ran at 3.48 p.m. Uh, I just put it off all day, and um, actually wasn't too bad. Like it was, um, Yeah, it was actually quite a nice afternoon. So I did two hours, uh, 4.12, so 28.5K, uh, 140k bang on for the week, which um, yeah, it was my biggest week uh, for the year. I've had like a couple of high 130s. Um, yeah, body's body's okay. Like I have my good days and my bad days. Um, the positive is that for sessions, everything feels like really good. So on Friday, warming up, like my hip, like I didn't have a great great sort of control over my left side and my back and hip was all pretty tight. But then once I stopped and did some drills and did some run-throughs, had like didn't even notice it during the session, and then cooling down, noticed it again. So, um, I, yeah, I'd much prefer it to be that way. That you know, sessions feel good and easy runs feel shit. So, um, yeah, but it's definitely been an improvement. So, yeah, we'll just try and keep rolling sort of that 140k a week for a while and see what happens. Yeah, fit off 140s. What, yeah. 130, 140, that's the sweet spot, I reckon. Yeah. Thanks some Patreon supporters, eh? I'll go yeah. first. Scott Johnson from Chelsea, Victoria, 2544 for 5K, 5513 for 10K, 201 for the half marathon. He's got a, uh, a beard and a daughter. And maybe if this is his Instagram bio, it uh, reads, Run the Girls No Sleep. So thank you, Scott. Hopefully you start getting some sleep soon for your Patreon support. And I've also got another one. This one uh, just signed up under the name Bart. So uh, no last name, no address. Makes it really hard to you research. You know who this could be? Oh, this is a real big callback. Craig Davis. Yeah, remember, like, I reckon that was Road to Berlin days we were calling him. Or maybe early, early days we were calling him Bart Simpson. So it could be could. him. I'd be very, like, if that's him, he had a good run on the weekend down Surf Coast Track Club time trial, didn't he? He ran 15, pretty good. Or something? Pretty good. Yeah. No. He he was um, he ran with Ali for a while, sort of helped her along, and then took off. So he had more in the tank, more to give. He's training for triathlon again, though. Pretty good for a guy. Looks like Bart Simpson. So that's that's good going. <laughs> Who are you thanking, Croaks? Uh, I've got Josh Craik this week. Uh, so Josh lives in Christie's Beach, South Australia. Uh, he ran three hours fourteen at the Brossa Marathon for fourteenth overall. Doesn't seem to do much racing, a bit like myself, um, and he's very good at tracking his shoes on Strava. Oh, a few similarities there. That's why I gave um, him to you, this guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got a nice range on the go. He's 
got a short beard and those hipster tattoos where where they leave gaps between them, not the sleeve tight, and he maybe has a child. So uh, thanks for your support, Josh, and hopefully you find another race to do soon. Maybe new to running. You know what I mean, though, with those tattoos? How, like, people get a tattoo, then leave, like, 20 centimetres, and there's another tattoo? Is that hipster, is it? I think that's what? hipster. We don't have... You know those, that tattoos, they're just, like... Inga Brixton's kind of got them. But someone will have, like, a tattoo, and then they'll, like, have skin, and then another tattoo, and just, like, stuck on everywhere. Like, um... Whereas Dave up here, Thomas. people just... People Dave just, Thomas from down Tassie. Nah, Dave Thomas has got full-on sleeves. He's got the best reckon, tattoos in Australia. Oh, yeah. I reckon he started like that, though, little pieces Yeah, he would have, yeah. Everywhere. He's not doing them to be a hipster, though, Dave Thomas. He doesn't no, care what people think about him, Dave Thomas. I know. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas up yep. here, we just got a lot of whole sleeves up here, like jet skiers and stuff. <laughs> country footy. Yeah. Country footy, bit of tribal stuff. Tribal. Never been overseas in your life, but you just got this massive, like, tribal African yeah. arm tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking, Moose? Um, I have Sam. Oh, no, do I? Um. Sam Arnold, Sam Arnold, who has run 17.10 Park Run, 119 at Launceston Running Festival, and then ran a time trial in 75 minutes around Albert Park. He's run 252 at Canberra Marathon 2021, was 48th overall there. Wow, that's pretty deep to come 48th, running 252, I reckon. That's a surprise. I thought you would be higher up in the field at Canberra that time he has a photo with jack rayner on his strava and perhaps owns a galah that's interesting i'm a fellow Mm. fan of parrots but i'm not sure about galahs as pets they don't seem like they have a lot of like affectionate like an affectionate personality you know like other birds just i just want to make sure i got this right here a galah is the one with the pink on them or a galah is the one with yellow on them well, they're both pink, pink, pink. They're the ones Good. that like got it. go it's... in flocks and rip up golf courses. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, what's the one with the yellow on it then? Cockatoo. Cockatoo, that's right. Jeez, I shouldn't have questioned myself then. Got that yeah, right. Yeah, you're, you're a real birdsmith. Bit of, uh, yeah. Bit of, thanks to all those Patreon supporters over there. Legends keeping the show coming out. We really appreciate your support. If this show brings you value, you can jump on patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast to help us out each and every week. Run and use fellas. We'll start local, hey, then we'll go overseas. Sunshine Coast Running Festival. This is a bit touch and go, this one, because I had a couple of COVID cases pop up a couple of weeks ago, even during the week, and I was worried it was going to get shut down again because they'd already postponed to go to this date, but good to see a big running festival go ahead up in Queensland. Tell us about the marathon, Croaks. Yeah, so uh, Isaiah's been. Uh, he won the marathon in 224.46. Wayne Spies was second in 226.20, and Kieran Perkins uh, was third in 228.44, which I believe was his uh, marathon debut. Uh, in the women's, is it uh, Rianne Ringy? Um, is that how you pronounce her name, Brady? Do you know? Not 100% sure, Brad. Um, anyway, she won in 242.36, uh, ahead of Roxy Fraser, second in three hours and 48 seconds, and Carol Robertson was third in 301.56. Uh, I believe it was a reasonably warm day up there, but um, good to see domestic marathons happening. Yeah, hot weather and yeah. humid. And then in the half marathon, uh, Jack Bruce won that in 64.33. Liam Bowden from Gold Coast Run Co. was second, 64.45. And our friend, friend of the show from our Steigen hashtag one team, Lewis McAfee was third in 64.55. 
some pretty uh, solid results there for the half marathon. That's a that's a solid race from Tim, those three. Tim Vincent was like sixty five low, so it's pretty unlucky running sixty five low and not making a podium for a race in Queensland. Yeah. So, um, especially when they're all Queensland runners. Mm. So in the women's Tennille Ellis, she won that in one sixteen seventeen. Kira Lee Seidel was second in one twenty two oh three. Kim Knox was third in one twenty three zero zero. So some fast times looking around Queensland. And then 10K, Moose? 10K, yeah. So in the ladies, Ashley Gentle won 34.53. Carafane Ryan, um, who is a real star on the track this this year, ran 35.18. And Tamara Karvolf was 36.05. In the men's, um, Olympian Ryan Gregson ran 29.58 to win. Easily over Lachlan Cook, who was 31.05, and then Geordie McLennan, another Steigen one, runs, uh, what are we, inside running, <laughs> getting my ambassadorships missed up. Um, Geordie McLennan was 31.25, took third. Yeah, a few name, familiar names there. And Chicago Marathon was last night our time. Uh, Moose, you watched the replay this morning, didn't you? Turned all your social media did. off, didn't want to know any results. And how did the race, I've got the results there, but you want to tell us about your viewing experience? Yeah, so I have a FlowTrack account, which cost me oh, man, like 140 bucks a year, I reckon. And I get the European feeds that normally come out. So I think Eurosport has the same feed as FlowTrack, but in the US they had the NBC covered it. Um, so yeah, the, the men's race, um, it was quite crazy actually how fast they took off. Uh, the the names it was a it wasn't a deep field at all, so the there were a c- couple of two o three guys in the field and then Galen and then a, the the Japanese guy two o four, uh, is it Kenzo Suzuki? Or, yeah, is that he's a record holder, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, so they the, they had some good quality athletes, um, but it was pretty warm. At the start of the race was twenty one, and I reckon it got up to twenty eight during the race, so it was a really warm day. But again, we like really frustrating to me to watch these race plans um just like no one adjusting their race plan for the 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 whole weather and they ran like the surging that was going on early in which in the men's pack the pace that took off one bloke went went to the front and was running like 202 pace for us for a section they went through in 29 minutes galen rupp held off the the back of the pack and ran his own race and eventually hooked back on and was um second overall uh, the the winner um, Tura was it? I can't. Yeah. I don't have the results in front of me. But Tura, Sefie he won Tura. in two o. Was he two o six? Two o six twelve. Rupp was yep. two o six thirty five, and then Kip Tanui, Eric, he was two o six fifty one. Yeah, and the, and it, it was just <laughs> it, the, it just seems odd that like the it's so hot during the day, and they just expect that won't make a difference on their running. Um, or they just don't care. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the, the thinking is. But Didn't the women go out like 2.12 pace? Oh, mate. So the lady was through in 31 minutes. I think she was on um, 2.11 pace at one point. She was running with Chris Derrick, wasn't she? Like she a... ran past Chris Derrick. Yeah. So she had a male pacer who was literally sprinting to keep up, and he, and he dropped off about oh, maybe like 14, yeah, 14 yeah. 16K. And then um, she rolled up past the group that Chris Derrick and a bunch of other 
very good runners were in, I'd say elite runners, and she went past the group and ended up sitting in front of Chris Derrick for a while. And uh, insane. She was on she was this on is two Ruth Chapnick each talking about. Yeah, yeah look, if there's a girl to do it, it's this one. She's the she was the world half marathon record holder. So or, or is she still? Ooh. She's either the she's either been is it when was the last time the world record the ladies let me, world let me check now she won the race at the world champs in Doha too didn't she she did too but she's also run sixty four low for a half so if if anyone's going to do it then it's her so she was there but then it was a hot day and she ended up by herself for a lot of the race and um, ended up running two twenty three she still won mainly because the the field was so weak uh, that there was no one really to come behind her. Um, yeah, but second she ran place 64, was, yeah, sorry, world record holder, that's right. national record, record. 64.02, yep. yep, so 217.08 at Dubai. Yeah, so yeah. to go out at 2.11 pace is crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. So what did you on say a, she went through a windy, 10K? Hilly day, 31 minutes, I think it was. 30, yeah, 31.22. Her best was on the it? track's 31.12 and her best on the road's 30.57. Yeah, um, she got a bit carried away, <laughs> got a bit carried away, a bit of caught up in it. Look, she still won. She still took the cash for winning. Uh, 2.22.31 in the end, though. Big, big 2.22, was it? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, anyway, Emma Bates was second in the race. 2.24.20, yep. Yep, and then um, did Sarah Hall come third? Yep, 2.27.19, yeah. so a pretty significant right. gap back to there, though. Did Sarah Hall's not really taken off like she, i think she, she thought she might this year after that london race last year we remember that one where she had that killer yeah, finish to, to finish the race she was just sprinting down the, and then everyone was like oh this is working for you like racing a marathon every six weeks and then filling in with other races but it just seems like maybe it's all catching up now and um that sort of stellar run has, has ended what do you guys think what has she done this year? What, what races now. has she done this year? Um, Let me look it up. I've got it right in front of me here. I wouldn't See. have thought there'd been much, there'd much on. Yeah, 2021. You can get her World Athletics file. She's done that she ran hard. She's the, the 5K at um, the USA race in Oregon, 15-22. Let's look at marathons. She would have run the she um, hasn't 10K. Run a marathon this year, though. 10K okay. at the trials. Uh, yeah. She did, and she done a couple of road races like 31 41, 31 33, Olympic trials 31 54 for six. Um, yeah, one half marathon 68, one 10 mile 52. But I think Maybe she I'm did being the marathon. No, I think Maybe she did I'm the being... marathons the end of last year, Moose. I think, yeah, I okay, think. right. Yeah, here we go. So she did the US Olympic trials London and that marathon project, remember in yep. Arizona, that one they put on. Yep. That's where she ran the two twenty, and then she was two twenty two at London, and then she had that bigger one. Yeah, and so she hasn't like this has been her, really her first marathon this year, and yeah, it was it was a hot one. So I'd, I'd give her another chance, Moose. That was December twentieth. She ran that two twenty as well, so the real end of two thousand twenty. But did she have some blow ups as well? Did she have a DNF somewhere? Mm, well, this is just her results, so I'm not sure. Not in a marathon. She, yeah, she, she must have done there. something like March, April, May. She wouldn't have went from December all the way through to October uh, without run one. 
I reckon there's something there. Yeah, which... Moose has got something here, Croaks. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I now, I'm ba- now I'm worried about my own call here. Start swiping back through written, Instagram. I haven't written her off yet. I reckon she'll bounce back. I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can take too much in, like you know, yesterday's run. Given the conditions, we'll wait. Wait till she has another crack at a, a cold one, a cold marathon. Okay, yeah. Now I've gone and I've gone and jumped the gun here, because now you're now you're bringing out stats. I don't want stats. I want opinion. Damn it. Oh well. Tried to Google it. Was, it was a hot day. Much. A hot day come from the guy who ran a marathon in Doha, Brad. It wasn't that fucking hot, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was only fucking yeah. twenty eight. You got you got to do yours with no sunlight though. Mate, no, no, it was no, no sun makes a massive difference. What about midnight? Come on, yeah, that's at least three minutes. That's when you do your best work, isn't it? After midnight, <laughs> normally my endurance is poor at midnight. Ah, <laughs> uh, Craig, listen to question. Uh, all right, just wanted to say thanks, lads, from over here in the UK. Absolutely love it, and keeps me company for a few hours of the new 75 odd mile weeks. I've uh, got to listen to question, um, and it's to do with surging. So as I've increased mileage, my tempo days have got quicker and quicker for the same heart rate, but given the course I run it on, which has a couple of inclines and is quite open to win, the pace fluctuates quite a bit. For example, if I'm aiming for 16K at 350 pace, the first part of each split, so each mile, maybe 340 pace, and then as I get to the end of each one, I ease off to, say, 4 minutes, 4.10, to get the average pace uh, down for that split to 350. It's all still within tempo range, but I find this is a lot easier than running 350 spot on the entire way through. It negates the risk of having strong wind, etc. in the final part of the split. Is there any harm in this or is it quite normal? Um, thanks, guys. And that comes from James Nile um, in the UK. What about you didn't read the up the bats bit there, Croaks? Hashtag up the bats. Oh, no. Come on, mate. You just sent a massive question. I read, read every single word apart from his support of the Benigo Bats running team. Um, but this is also, I can give another example. When people do K reps, say you want to do them in three minutes, you go through the first 500 in a minute 25, and then you run the second 500 in a minute 35. If you're aiming for three-minute K pace, that was something I used to do quite a lot. And I'm like, am I getting the same training benefit doing it this way? Because I'm... I'm hitting the time I want to hit it, but I'm not going about it the right way. Do you know what I mean, fellas? Yeah, I know what you mean. You're not right. spending you do three... that in races as well, don't you? Also doing you in want races. To run, you want to run 220 for the marathon and you, you go through in 67 through the half. Yeah. Bank time. No, I have never gone through a half marathon in a marathon <laughs> nah, in 67. He's blown up by then, Croak. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> much It's already gone backwards by the I blow up without even going out hard in marathons. Um, it's a pretty, it's or a pretty in good 400 question, meter reps as well, the same thing. Say you want to be hitting 70s and you go through in you know 32 and then you just kind of float, but you're like, I want to hit the average, but is it having that same training effect? Yeah, I don't think I don't think these guys are floating so much. It's more, I reckon, they're, they're blowing up a little. I'm not saying James in particular, but the way that you normally see it is that if some, let's say a 400, let's, 400's easy, right? And you go through... In, you, your aim is to run 70 seconds and you go through in 33 and your your back half is 37. That's not really what you want from the rep, is it? No. You don't want – I mean, just because there's an average pace at the end, you want to be finishing strongly and you want to be finishing with good form. 
um, to be struggling along. You can you know everything will be sloppy towards the end, um, breaking down, and it's just a real negative feedback cycle. I reckon to be blowing up at the halfway point of each rep. Mm. Well, what about if? Um... If it's like something longer though, so for example, for James, I think he used the example like tempo run. So let's say he's got a 10K tempo or threshold or something to do and the set pace is four minute K pace. He was using that example of maybe doing the first half of that 10K at kind of like 350, 340K pace and banking a bit of time to then have that insurance there to slow down to four, four ten pace. Is that Mm -hmm. okay? I guess it depends what you're after. If you're after a threshold, like stimulus, then running over threshold and then running well under threshold, like it's not ideal for that type of training. It's probably better to be running under threshold or around threshold for the entire way. But wouldn't um, this way, because he's gone out hard earlier, get his heart rate up to that threshold and then he's backed off the pace and he'd be still in that same threshold zone? Yeah, but just because his heart rate um, takes a little bit to go up, it, it his lactate will go up quickly as well. Like yeah. the, the heart rate lactate thing isn't totally linear. The heart rate can go up at a different rate to the lactate. So yeah. if you just like if you run an all out 200, um, your lactate will be quite high at the end. But and your heart rate after 30 seconds of running might not be that high, like yeah. as high as if you went for, for a four minute rep. Um, so. Yeah. That's why he's yeah. one of the best sports scientists in Australia. <laughs> stuff like that. Six six hundred bucks for a lactate test. Anybody? Yeah. Price just went up, baby. Um, no. Oh, so yeah. going. Oh, I just think one of the one of the issues here is uh, he talks about where he does it has lots of like some inclines and wind, and I think one of the things with tempos is you don't necessarily want to get hung up on on pace. It, it mm-hmm. should be you try and keep your effort consistent throughout the whole length of, you know, whether it's 10K or 16K in this case. So if you're going up a hill, try and keep the heart rate or the effort the same, which means that, yeah, you're going to be running four-minute Ks instead of 350s. But then on the flip side, if you're going downhill with a tailwind, your effort, if your effort's the same, you're probably going to be running quicker than 350s, but in the end you might end up averaging around 350s. So I think for the tempos, you want to focus more on the heart rate being consistent and the effort being consistent um, because if you try and run 350s the whole way, and look, I, some, some, I sometimes do this out at Mulligans, but for me it turns into more of a fart like then. So I'll try and run, say, 330s for the whole loop. That means that when I'm running up the hill, my heart rate spikes, and then when I run down the hill, I, I still keep it at 330s, but, mm. I, I, but my heart rate drops. So that's a completely different training stimulus, and I think there's a, there's a place for both of those. But if you're talking pure tempo, you just want to keep the effort consistent and let and don't worry about the pace so much. And if you were to worry about the pace and you got on the flat, I think it's better to lock into that pace and to learn what that pace feels like because you don't want to be doing that in races where, say, you're aiming for four minutes, going 340 for the first half of the race and then 410 for the second half of the race. It's just not a good way to race. So you want to but- nail these tempos so you can teach your body this is what four-minute K pace feels like. Patience. patience. You've got to, be, yeah. you've got to pa- practice patience and discipline. And, yeah, and, and, and going, 10 seconds is a big difference per K. Like if you get that wrong, it can really stuff up your race. It's a big difference. And going up a hill, it's not like they're even, like, you know, croaks say go up go up at 3.30s and I'll go up and then hold a faster pace on the other, the other side. 
running downhill is still a pretty hard activity and so your heart rate stays up um it's not as it doesn't just drop as if you've stopped working as well so um you have to be careful of that i think i think a lot of people think that running downhill is like a recovery period but it's still quite difficult i find it really hard to, to get my heart rate down when i'm running downhill after a solid hill uh, i think the good cross-country races can do that like the, the very best guys and that's probably why they're so good at cross country because they can recover better but the like get rid of the um there's sorry there, there's more ways to run these workouts like some some coaches will have you run the hills hard and then recover on the downhill as best you can and then float the flats others will have a tempo effort the whole way so you'll slow right down on your uphills and and you'll run faster on your your downhills um and try to keep the same effort. So there's multiple ways to do it, isn't there? Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I've, one thing I've sort of uh, observed over the years is the, the less experienced you are in running, the more conservative you need to be at tempos because longer tempos take, like, re- requires a fair bit of strength. And what from what I've noticed, most people go out at the start of a tempo and because the pace feels really easy, they're like, oh, yeah, this is my tempo pace. But they don't have the strength to be able to then hold that for 20 yeah. to 30 minutes, whereas somebody that's been doing it for 20 years can actually – just has that extra strength to be able to maintain it for longer. Yeah. It's it's the, the same thing as if you give someone, I want you to run uh, 30 minutes at marathon pace. Or, or, sorry, 30 minutes at marathon effort. And they go, okay, well, I'm going to go 30 minutes – of the first 30 minutes of the marathon. And you know how easy that will feel? Running the first 34 minutes of a marathon should be like you're barely even sweating. That's the effort involved in that. But most but then sometimes you go, I want you to run 30 minutes at the last 30 minutes of marathon effort. Which is like balls to the wall, like I am cooked, mm-hmm. like this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And so like how do you prescribe that? How do you take a marathon effort? Like do you take it from the middle 30 minutes or the start first 30 or the end 30? I think there's a bit of um, there's a bit of art in that as well because some workouts I think you want them to feel like it's the first 30. It's really good for that discipline and that training and practice. And then some workouts you actually do want it to feel like the end 30 because they're going to have to be there at some point and they need to callous themselves to a degree. So it often, but o- yeah, but often. Like if you've given somebody thirty minutes at the back end of of how a marathon's going to feel, like that's quite a that's quite a unique. Like it's hard to do that, yeah. Because because you're not going to actually like because for you to actually feel as cooked in that thirty minutes tempo as you would at the end of the marathon, like you need to be as I said going balls to the wall. But then you're using a completely different system, and it, it is a completely different feel to what you're going to feel at the end of a marathon anyway. So it's that's a, where um that's where doing a long run to yeah, deplete like yourself, yeah. uh, fatigue yourself, and then do some repeats towards the end. I think that's a really good way to do it. It's funny because yeah. I'm looking through my Strava now, Moose, to look for a workout that you gave me that I think is exactly that. I'm trying to find what it is. I could nearly tell you, I reckon. It, it could There's be three, 30K what? at easy pace through the hills like, and, and no nutrition, and then three lots of 2K at marathon effort and then minute rest, maybe 1K at half marathon effort. 
something like that. Yeah, I think because I've got no hills here, I think he gave me something like an hour kind of like steady, like four minute K pace. And then it went into like progression run where you're changing gears every 5K. And then it was oh, yeah. something like two by 2K at the end, like yeah, getting, yeah, getting pretty it. quick. And you're kind of hitting those when you're, I think, you know, you hit the first 2K when you're 32 to 34K. And then you have a K float, 34 to 35. And then you hit another strong 2K. And it's yep. like, you're getting pretty close to that feeling then. But these are like, don't, if yeah, if you don't run that often, don't just go copy that workout. I just run out. No, that's the, that's the key as well. To get to that point, you need like 12 weeks behind you to be able to, to be yeah, able to get to the end of the behind you, I think. Well, you do, you do. But for a runner like you, you can't come off doing long runs of 24K oh, no. and then yeah. go, I'm going to do this. You need like 12 weeks to build to a point where you can get yourself to 30K to be able to run repeats. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. sort of gone off a bit of a tangent from James's, James's Sorry, James. question. but I do that well yeah. on this show. But I, 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 reckon for the, good stuff out. I reckon for this one, if he's talking about tempos, like don't be as concerned about the pace and like, especially given the, given the terrain and the weather, focus more on the effort and whatever pace you average at the end, that's what you average. What about this one, Moose? I just found... 30k into 3 by 2k 1k that's what i just said is that what you said sorry i was, too busy trying, yeah. I was trying to find that other one yeah, that's this right. is a monster. 43k in total yeah that's a big one isn't it that's a big one anyway, i did one well, at time i did 35k the and then 10 by 1k on 10 by 1k and um it ended up pretty long but i like going over distance can work that, that was can the, get, that was the berlin one wasn't it I reckon that uh, was Berlin. Yeah, it was Berlin. Berlin, 2018, 17. Yeah, the first time. Yeah. The first Berlin. Yeah. Gee, we should do like a set. We should just, just do a podcast on some like good marathon workouts, like meaty ones. Well, we could, we'll, um, we've got to train for a marathon and then we can, um, and then we can all talk about our training for it. Yeah, someone, yeah, just send me eight of them, can you, fellas? Send me four each. I'll do them over the next eight weeks. <laughs> then I'll pay with it with the Inside Running Podcast. Uh, Do you card. want two fourteen workouts or two seventeen workouts? I'll take both of them to be honest. I don't mind. So They're before, both better than two nineteen fifty three. Before Lake Biwa, I did twenty five k or twenty five and a half k at three fifty eight through Mulligans, and then down at Yerriby Pond did ten k of two k, sort of closer to marathon effort, five hundred hard, continuous. So we did <sighs> four 10K. sets of that and ran. 31.44 for 10. And then a cool yeah. down, so it would have And then a to... cool down. That would be 30, would have been 37K, I guess, for the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty solid, though, over mulligans to average three. Well, you kind of do it every Sunday, but, like, yeah. That would be 3.45, 3.40 on the flight. Mm. Anyway, fellas, I've got seven minutes to wrap up the end of this show. Moose on the loose, purchase of the week. Oh. Um... Oh, you got a good one, don't you? You're lipping off some stuff to me this morning. Oh, the commentary? Yeah, on Chicago. Wasn't oh, terrible? yeah, the commentary was awful. Um, the commentary on the flow track feed was as bad as it gets. As bad as it gets. But I feel like I've done yeah, this topic. we've done this so many times. <laughs> How do they not get it right? I saw some tweet this morning. It's like, if you get decent commentary and a split screen, you're 90% there. Like, it is not a hard thing to get right. There, apparently, there was good commentary on, like, a local feed, where they were just looking at the actual race, not the NBC, which was like the full-on um, mainstream feed, where they were interviewing local, like like 
punters from the middle of the pack and stuff. Yeah. That's like the yeah. always a good morning America kind of crowd. Yeah. And be like us yeah. having like Sunrise or the Today Show down at like Melbourne Marathon. Or remember this, when they yeah. did that? Remember when they took over City to Surf coverage? Like remember when Channel 7 took it over and they just put it on like Weekend Sunrise? Yeah, that terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> oh. I don't remember that. Yeah, remember because it used to be so good. They'd broadcast the whole race, have mono like with a microphone, run of the race, stuff like that. And then they gave it to like Weekend Sunrise and it's just like the weather guy just halfway up mm. half Rake Hill. And yeah, shocking. Anyway, uh, what's coming up, fellas? Anything in your life's coming up between now and next week? Uh, lockdown ends here in Canberra on Friday. Oh, you're right. Do they lock it like they're coming out quick as well? Oh, they haven't really announced. I think they're going to announce a bit more in the next couple of days. Um, but I think we're allowed to train in groups of 25 after Friday. That's good. So that's, that's, that's an, back together. That's an improvement. That's yeah. good. I went to the pub yesterday for the first time in ages. It was weird being in there. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was good though. Uh, Moose, anything you doing? Um, this week, no. Oh, what's up? No, I'm going to go. go I've got second week off work, so I'll go up the week after. Go back to work the week after. So still trying to um, still trying to just get some sleep. I've got a stomach belly issue at the moment. It's driving me insane. Did you um get that maternity leave, that dad leave payment off Scomo off the government? Oh, I got to fill out all the forms for it. It's worth doing that. That was yeah, I will. I will. Did you? Yeah. Yep. I think I did. Yeah. How much did you get? Oh, it wasn't much. Can you remember what it is, Croaks? Like 300 bucks, something, 500 bucks? Something 300 like that. bucks? I what, a day? Remember. No, not a day. That's what like, a... what, what's minimum wage in Australia? Oh, I'm pretty sure that's, they just, yeah. It's better than nothing, though. Just I reckon feel... COVID wages, no, if you get a test for COVID, you get like 350 a day. Well, just you know, one you, test. If you, you don't go have to, to go to work, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a lot per- of money. Perth Marathon's coming up this week, fellas, and there's a few uh, stories of interest here. Jess Stenson, she's running. She's on the start list, hoping the borders between South Australia and Western Australia don't close in between now and Sunday. And also uh, Nick Harmon, 214 guy in the men's race, and Dean Menzies, 219.55 guy in the men's race as well. So... Rarely we talk about fast times over there at the Perth Marathon, but the course records of 216.49 and 242.13, both from 1985, could be in a bit of trouble. They're giving uh, away an extra 1000 bucks if those records go down, 2000 bucks for the win. Jess would be eyeing off one of those spots for the World Champs and Con Games too, wouldn't she? You'd be thinking she'd be reckon dabbling in the 228 kind of thing. Yeah, because she had to sit out and watch last year without the time. And I think she would. It's a hard position to to not have one on the board because it's so unpredictable at the moment. What's happening with events and travel mm. is you probably want to post one while you've got the opportunity, and that's maybe what she's doing. Just ease her way back into some racing. Uh, I I I doubt she's gonna. She'll go out and try to hit it out of the park with a really like a PB type run. But I reckon she gets one on the board here. So then, what, what is that, that world champs? What is that world champs qualifier that I always just missed? 229.30. Okay, yeah. So just get under that. Yeah, I, look, I don't know. I haven't talked to, to her about that, but I would say that's what she would be going for. Yeah. Would so. you would you, would you you waste a marathon and not go for the time? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No. Yeah. Anyway, the time's too important. Her PB's just under 226, so slow things down, four minutes. 
knock it over, get it on the board, and then yeah. go to a fast one maybe in March, Gee, April. 216.49. What's this course like? Uh, bike parts. Yeah, right. So I don't, yeah, I'm not, not sure how quick it is, but it's 216 not, like, would be roads. difficult on bike paths for, for Nick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose for those guys, if they were to come to Melbourne, because their states would be still shut down, they've got to do two weeks hotel quarantines getting home. Yeah, unless they move here, which they probably don't want to do. <laughs> oh, we might flip the script here. We might be the place to be now. Opened up. COVID's spreading, but everything's open. I guess everything's open over there and COVID's not spreading. Probably a better situation. Anyway, we're done, fellas. Talk to you next week. No interview this week, but um, working on a few big dogs for the next couple of weeks. Have a good week, boys. Same to you, Bradley. See you, guys. Get some marathon working croaks. (laughs) Yeah, sure. All right. See you, boys.